Thank you so much for that song. Uh, reminds me of uh, how grateful I ought to be because of why Jesus came. He came to die so that I could live. And uh, praise the Lord for that. John chapter number 14. The Gospel of John chapter number 14 is where we'll be uh, in our Bibles this morning. I would invite you to stand with me, if you would, out of respect for the Word of God. John chapter number 14, if you're physically able to. Uh, John chapter number 14, starting in verse number 1. The Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'm going to preach a message to you this morning entitled, Jesus is the Way. Jesus is the Way. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for the day that you've given to us. Lord, I stand where the arm of the flesh will fail me. Lord, I need your help and I need your touch. Lord, I don't want anyone to leave here today and say, wow, that was a good sermon that Pastor Caldwell preached. I want them to say, wow, the Word of God is good and Jesus is good. Lord, because it's not about us. It's all about you. Lord, may we never forget that. Lord, I want to ask you please to speak to hearts today. <clears throat> Lord, do what only you can do. Lord, I ask you please, if there's any here that do not know you as their Lord and Savior, that they'll trust you today. Lord, if there's any struggling on the fence, deciding what side they want to be on, Lord, I pray that they'll choose you. Lord, we ask you to be with our junior church times, the classes, the young junior churches, and uh, the nursery workers and all that. May uh, you get the glory and honor out of everything that's done in this place. Lord, we lift you up on high today. Thank you for the songs. Thank you for everything that's been done, preparing the way for preaching right now. But Lord, may we open our hearts to hear what you have to say today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. This week I was reading and uh, praying. I've been doing a lot of reading about faith in uh, the name of our church, Faith Baptist Church. And uh, last Sunday during Sunday school time, I spoke on faith and uh, God just wouldn't let me get uh, out of that theme. And so I spoke about that in Sunday school again today on faith. And uh, there's so much that we could talk about when we talk about faith. And it's not just this little word in this little box that we look at it and say, wow, faith, what is it? It's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And uh, what's that mean? That means you've got to have faith to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. But that's not where faith stops. That's where faith begins is uh, at Jesus and putting your faith and trust in Him. And, uh, but it gets bigger than all of that, and I've just been encouraged by it. I was reading... Uh, there's a lot of different people that believe a lot of different things, and uh, there's a lot of uh, preachers this week. I was uh, talking to some folks, and uh, they said that, uh, you know, that they've been to churches before where it seemed like one verse was read, and then uh, the, the preacher preached for 45 minutes about his opinion and uh, didn't give any more scripture, didn't give any more Bible, anything like that. Well, the Bible says that let God be true and every man a liar. What's that mean? If that means what God says is right, what people say can be wrong. So if, God, if my opinion ever goes contrary to God's word, then God's word is right and I am wrong. And that's what we need to keep in mind. God's word is always right. And so as we go through the Bible and we look at God's word, it's very important for us to come to church looking to hear from God. That's why we ought to come. 
And uh, we have to have faith in the Word of God and what God says. And as I was going through this passage of Scripture, I got to thinking about Thomas when he said, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And that question kind of just jumped off at me this week as I was uh, reading and preparing some things because there's a lot of people searching for the way. And the Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There's many people looking for many ways to get to God or many ways to fix their problems or many ways to do this or to do that. But Jesus gave him the answer in verse number 6. He said, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. He didn't leave any question. He didn't leave any other avenue to get there. He didn't say, this is a, I'm, I'm a detour to get to where you want to be. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And you know, I was thinking this week as I was going through, we went up to Pennsylvania for Thanksgiving, and uh, we use GPSs oftentimes now, you know, that get us lost. That's what, that's what they're good for, you know. Uh, the GPSs we follow, that global positioning satellite that always tells you you're in the wrong place, going the wrong direction, and all of those things. See, the reason they have a lady's voice, I figured it out, Brother Chip, is because men don't ask for directions. You know, that's why there's a lady's voice that's on there trying to tell you where to go because they're usually the ones that look at the map, right? It's not us. And I'm going to start a lot of fights between husband and wife here this morning. See, I told you, pastor even said it. No, but I was thinking about it, even just looking at the GPS, this, uh, there's different ways that we can get to different places. Uh, if there's a road closure, they usually have a detour to get you around back to the destination that you're trying to get to. Um, a lot of us, you know, if you drive on Interstate 81, you got to be right with the Lord because of uh, all of the anger that, that swells up inside of you from all the traffic jams and different things like that, especially when it says detour and you got to wait 35 minutes just to go around this different direction and all. But you know what? There's many ways to get to our destinations. There's different avenues that we can take to get to where we're trying to go. And I like looking at maps and finding ways. I don't like toll roads. I'm not a toll road type person. Uh, I believe I pay taxes for things like that. And I don't need to pay more road taxes and things like that as I'm driving through. But that's just, that, that's an opinion. That's not Bible, okay? Let me, let me just explain that. That's my opinion. But see, I don't like that. I try to find ways to get around toll roads. There's different ways that you can take to get to where you're going that avoid tolls. It may take a little longer. Sometimes it's more scenic routes. However, the point I'm getting at is there's different ways to get to different destinations as we're used to. But in the spiritual aspect of life, if you're trying to get to where God is, you can't take a detour. You can't go this direction or that direction. There's only one way to get there. And Jesus was explaining that in this passage of Scripture. Thomas said... uh, He said to him, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? How are we supposed to know how to get to where you're going? You said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. You said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And Thomas said, whither I, uh, he said, whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And then Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. You know what he was saying at that? Jesus said, listen, just trust me. Just trust me. And I want to talk to you about five areas that Jesus is the way. First off, Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus is the only way to heaven. There's a lot of people out there that believe that you can get to heaven uh, through good works. That say, well, if my good outweighs my bad, then one day I'll be able to find favor with God. And God will then allow me into heaven. 
Well, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, he said, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So the fact of the matter is, there's nothing that you and I can do in our own merit, and our own goodness, that can get us to heaven to be with God. John 14, 6, there Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am one of many ways. He didn't say, oh, that I'm, I, I, you can get there by this avenue or that. He said, I am the way. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter number 10, if you have your Bibles. Uh, turn there, please, with me, if you would. In Hebrews chapter number 10. Starting in verse number 15. So wherefore the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that he had said before, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. And where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter where? Into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. So how do we enter into the holiest, into heaven where God is? It's by the blood of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died so that we could live. That death that you and I deserve. The Bible said we're all sinners for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible then said the wages of sin is death. The penalty, the payment, the earning or the return for the investment of my sin, the Bible says, is death. That's separation from God in a place called hell forever. That's what sin earns. That's what my sin deserved. But Jesus Christ came into the world, the Bible said, to seek and to save that which was lost. And as we're uh, arounding the bend towards this Christmas season, it's right there a few weeks ahead of us. We need to understand the reason why when we see that little baby in a manger and we experience this great time where Jesus Christ was born, we have to understand he was born to die. Because of my sin and yours. And Jesus was saying to Thomas here, he said, listen, I am the way. He said, I'm the only way for you to get to heaven. It's not by your good works. It's not by your merits. By the way, it's not by baptism that saves you. The Bible didn't say baptism gets you to heaven. It says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you don't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, it says you're lost. You have to believe on the Lord Jesus. He said, I am the way. Look at Acts chapter number 10. Acts chapter number 10. Verse 41 down through verse number 43. Not to all the people, but unto witnesses... Chosen before God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. And to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. See, what I'm getting at today is this. There's a lot of things people have been taught. And we talked about this in Sunday school time. There's things that you may have been taught growing up that are wrong. You say, why? Because they are contrary to God's word. 
There's things that you may have looked at through your life and say, well, I was taught this or I was taught that. Well, where do we find the foundation for all of our belief at in the Word of God? We need to go to the Bible and try to back it up with Scripture. You say, why do you believe that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven? Because as you go through the Bible, Jesus answers that question on multiple occasions. He says, listen, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. He answers in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's a lot of people who I believe have genuinely uh, been misled in their life to believe that if they're good, they'll go to heaven. Or if they've been baptized, they'll go to heaven. Or if they've just done enough confession that they'll go to heaven. The fact of the matter is this. The Bible says our righteousness is filthy rags. And what I'm trying to make you understand today is Jesus said, I am the way, singular. One way to get to heaven. And that's through Jesus Christ. And I'm glad that he came. And I'm glad that he died on the cross and that he was buried and that he rose again. You say, why, why are you glad for that? Because then I don't have to go to hell. And I'm glad for that. Because I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. Listen, I don't care what you've been taught. If it goes contrary to the Word of God and you've been taught there's many ways to God, that's a lie. Jesus answered here, I am the way. I am the way. He's the way to heaven. He's the way to heaven. You can't get there any other way. As you think of the Christmas season and the time, we always think about uh, the gifts uh, that we get to give to others or the gifts that were even brought uh, by the wise men to Jesus. And we think about all of those things, uh, and Jesus, that gift that, that God gave to all of us. And the reason it was a gift is because it cost him something. It cost him something. What is the gift that God gave us? It's eternal life. Well, what was the payment for it? Jesus Christ. He said the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus had all authority when he said this, I am the way. I am the way. He had all authority in it. Why? Because he, he understood why he came. He knew that he was about to die for the remissions of sins, all these things, that he died so that all could live. He, he knew that Jesus said, I am the way. He said, listen, I, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there, you may be also. He said, listen, I die on the cross so that you guys can live. I'm the way. I was buried and rose again so that I could offer life. See, I'm glad that we don't serve a dead God. We don't have to serve a statue hanging on a cross because Jesus isn't on the cross anymore. He was buried and he rose again and he's a living Savior and that's why he can offer life to all of us. Jesus is the way to heaven. If you've tried to get to heaven any other way, friend, listen, you're still on your way to hell. See, if, you're, if you read about Cornelius in Scripture, he was doing all kinds of good things. In the book of Acts, he was even trying to keep the law and do those kind of religious things, but he was missing something. And he sent for Peter. He heard that uh, vision from heaven, and he sent for Peter. Peter came and told him, he said, listen, you're missing out on the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. you got to trust Jesus as your Savior. And he got saved that day. What a blessing it is. There's a lot of religious people out there that are lost. Religion and activity is not a substitute for spirituality. Just because somebody does some good works, just because somebody does something in the name of God doesn't mean that they're saved. What means they're saved is they have exercised faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's how you go to heaven. You say, well, preacher, that's not what I was taught. Well, let me ask you a question. What's God's word say? What's God's word say? See, there's people that I've talked to in the past. It's hard for them to swallow this, Brother Ron, because they were taught something contrary to that. And in order for them to believe this, they have to throw away everything else they had been taught. 
But I'm here to tell you today, it's not our, what people tell you that is right. It's what God's word says that is right. And you trust in God's word. Jesus, first off, is the way to heaven. Secondly, I want you to look at Psalm chapter number one. Psalm chapter number one. Very familiar passage of scripture to most people. Psalm chapter number one. We have used this verse on numerous occasions when we used to have the Reformers Unanimous Ministry. This is one of their theme texts. And I was thinking about this as I was thinking Jesus said, I am the way. Uh, He's the only way to heaven. And uh, what a joy it is to know that I'm on my way there. And uh, I can be assured of that. Why? Because he said that he's the one that keeps us. And I'm glad for the eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ. And that uh, I was reading John chapter 10. And man, I just got excited this week where he said, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man can pluck them out of my Father's hand. I got excited about that. That once I'm saved, I'm eternally kept. Why? Because he's the one that keeps me. And I'm, I rejoiced in that. So uh, he's the way to heaven. But look at Psalm 1. It says this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Now, I'm not going to go any further in this passage, but uh, there's a recipe here between the first word, blessed, and the last word of verse 3, prosperous. Blessed is an old English word for the word happy. Okay, happy. Well, where does true happiness come? You hear people say, well, I'm happy. Are you really? Where's happiness come from? Happiness comes from Jesus. He's the only way to have true happiness. The Bible says here, blessed is the man, or happy is the man, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. It says again, but his delight, his happiness, his joy, where does it come from? Is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He said, if you'll get into the word of God and you'll begin to know who I am, our theme this year, to know God and to make him known. If you'll get into God's word and you'll begin to know who God is, guess what? True happiness follows that. Because the closer you get to God, the closer you get to what true happiness is all about. I want you to look at Nehemiah, if you would, please. Nehemiah chapter number 8. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse number 10. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them from whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So where does that joy, where does that happiness come from? It comes from him, from the Lord. I got to thinking about the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Spirit. He's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. But he said he was love. Listen, we ought to love one another. We ought to. The Bible says to love others as Christ had loved us. We ought to do that. We ought to love people with the love of God. But then he says he's joy. That's an attribute of who God is. 
His joy, His happiness. Listen, most time at Christmas time, we get happy, we get excited about things that we get to uh, have. I, I enjoy watching my kids open up presents on Christmas morning, get all excited about the gifts that they get. But listen, the greatest gift, friend, that you could ever receive or I could ever receive is the gift of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And He is that gift that, that is the greatest gift anybody could ever have. And because I'm saved today, I can find true happiness that comes through Jesus Christ. You say, well, you don't understand my circumstances. You don't understand the rough time that I've had. You don't understand all of these sorrows and these heartaches. Well, I do know that the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, it said that uh, who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground said he had no form nor comeliness and when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him said he was despised and we esteemed him not. Now listen, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes we are healed. Why can we have happiness? Why can we have joy in the sorrows and all these times? Because Christ already bore them on the cross. It said, surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows and those things that we're dwelling on and those things that are weighing us down, we weren't designed to carry. That's why he said, cast all your cares upon me, for he careth for you. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's telling you, listen, you can have happiness as a believer today because Christ has already taken all the sorrows. It's already on himself. Does that mean you're not going to have a hard time? No, he just promised to be with you through those hard times and you can find joy that comes through him. He's the way to heaven. He's that way to happiness. And you know what true happiness? There's people that say, oh, I'm happy because they're looking at the eternal or, or the temporal pleasures of the world. You know the Bible says sin is fun for a season. It is fun. Some, some things that we do in our flesh and appeal to our flesh, it's fun for a season. But the Bible says in due season we will reap if we faint not. We're going to reap what we sow. See, this temporary pleasures, uh, Satan will show you temporary delights without showing you eternal disasters. See, he'll show you those temporary pleasures that people look for and they think, oh, well, this makes me happy. Really, does it make you happy? I want more money. You think money makes you happy? The Bible said the love of money is the root of all evil. And we usually stop there, but the verse continues on and it says piercing them even to sorrows. Is money itself wrong? No, money is a great servant, but it's a terrible master. When money controls you, you're miserable. Why? Because you want more. And you want more. And you want more. And you want more. Listen, money can be a great tool, but it doesn't bring happiness. It doesn't bring happiness. People turn to alcohol. They turn to drugs. They turn to all those things. Why? Because they're trying to fill an emptiness inside of them. They think, oh, well, I get temporary happiness, a temporary fulfilling. Listen, you can have an eternal fulfilling today. It's through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants to help you. In your life. He's the way to heaven. He's the way to happiness. Look at John 16, if you would, please. John chapter number 16. John chapter 16, verse 33. He said, These things I have spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Look what he says. We just talked about happiness, right? But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So you know what else he is? He's not only the way to heaven, the way to happiness. He's the way to have peace. 
the way to have peace. People say, I just want peace. Well, you want peace, get with Jesus. You want peace, have a relationship with him. Remember another attribute, we talked about love, joy. What's next? Peace. Peace. You want to have true peace? You want to have real peace in your life? Well, it just seems like there's just so much turmoil. I wish I could just have peace. Get a relationship with God. Walk with him. These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Listen, I can have peace in my life today. I can pillow my head at night without a bunch of guilt and a bunch of heartache in my life. Why? Because I can have peace with God. I can have peace with God. Who's that come through? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, the Bible says, shall keep our hearts and minds by Christ Jesus. The peace of God. So wait a second. He's the way to heaven. He's the way to happiness. He's the way for me to have peace. Wow, what a blessing that is. Jesus is pretty important, isn't he? Not just a name that we call out flippantly. It's a name above every name. Read the book of Philippians. It said, Wherefore God also, also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Listen, Jesus is the only way for you to go to heaven. If you're in this room today and you're lost, you can trust Jesus today. The Bible says, He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants you to be saved today. And what a, what a rejoicing time we can have up to this Christmas season. The greatest gift, even four weeks before Christmas gets here, four Sundays before we experience Christmas time, you can receive the greatest gift you'll ever get. And that's the gift of, of Jesus Christ. That gift of eternal life that came through Him. He's the way to heaven. He's the way to happiness. Are you sorrowful in your life? You're trying to find some joy. Joy comes from Jesus. You're trying to have some peace in your life. He said... These things have I spoken unto you that in me ye might have peace. Number four, I want you to see this. Look at Titus chapter number two. Titus chapter two and verse number 14. He says, who gave himself for us. That he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Now, wait a second. We don't have good works because of, for salvation, right? We don't live holy and do the right things because of salvation or, or for salvation. We do it because of salvation inside of us. That's where faith comes from. Okay, when James said... Faith without works is dead. See, so he tells us something in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. So let me ask you a question. How is it possible for us to live a holy, righteous, godly life without a relationship with Jesus? Is it possible? It's not. Because where's holiness come from? From God. From Jesus. See, so in this verse where he said this, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and then what? Purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. You know why he saved us? 
not just to bring us to heaven, but so that we can live a life that shows that we are a peculiar people for him. Guess what? This world's not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm on my way to a higher destination. Where's that? He said, I go to prepare a place for you. I can't wait. You know what? You can have a room if you want to. He didn't say in my father's house are many rooms. He said in my father's house are many mansions. I'm expecting that mansion. Why? Because he promised it, right? That's what he said. I'm looking forward to it. But more than any of that, you know, I get to thinking about, we talk about heaven. We talk about getting there. I, I joke sometimes, like I love to deer hunt and all those things. And I'm just like, you know, I, I want to go in there and have like all these deer mounts and stuff on the wall, you know, and all this stuff. Just be all exciting when I get to heaven. But you know what? We joke about that stuff. We ain't going to think about all that stuff. You know what we're going to be doing? Glorying in Jesus. Glorying in him. When we walk through those pearly gates, listen, oh yeah, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be mesmerizing. It's going to be nothing that you and I have ever seen before. But I don't think we're even going to be looking at that. You know where I'm heading? To the throne. You know where you're heading? To the throne. And we're going to be there long enough for you to experience your mansion and the streets of gold and the walls of jasper and the gates of pearl and all that stuff. But guess what? Jesus is there. And I always used to talk about, oh man, I can't wait to talk to David and find out how David was when he went up against Goliath. And I can't wait to talk to Moses and I can't wait to talk to all these people. No, listen, I can't wait to see Jesus. And I'm excited about that day. I get to walk through that, those pearly gates. He's coming back one day and I get to go to heaven. And listen, why should I live holy? Why should I live righteous? Why should I live godly? Because it pleases the one that saved me. And he's the way to holiness. Listen, you can't live that way if you're not walking with him. If you don't know who he is. You know, when my wife and I got married, I didn't truly know her. You say, how'd you marry her if you didn't know her? No, listen, I knew who she was, and we, we loved one another. But the longer we've been together, guess what? The more we get to know one another. It's scary sometimes how we think the same things. How there's times that she'll finish a sentence or ask me a question about something I was already thinking. Or I'll ask her a question about something she's already thinking. More so she asked me than I ask her because I don't usually get to reach that level of intelligence that she, she doesn't have to go very far she she's right there with me okay um but when i have to say things that she's thinking i have to bring myself up a notch you know uh, but we don't get to do that but one day we were driving down the road and there was this big yard sale outside and this big humongous teddy bear was sitting out there brother eddie we're driving by and i looked over like she didn't even say anything she looked over at me and i said yes i saw the teddy bear and she said how'd you know i was gonna ask you that because the more we're together the more we know one another. So how do I know how to be holy? How do I know how to be holy as he is holy? I have to know him. I have to get to know him. Well, how do I get to know him? He tells me all about himself right here. He's not doing it in a braggadocious way. He's not doing it in a prideful way. You know what he's saying is, listen, if you want to have true holiness, you need to look to the root of where holiness comes from. And it comes from God. To walk in holiness. To be holy as he is holy. Listen, he's the only way for us to be holy. He's the only way. Jesus is the way to heaven. He's the way to happiness. He's the way to have peace. He's the way for holiness. You can't be holy any other way but by Jesus. If you want to live holy, righteously, and godly, you got to live for Jesus. you got to live for him. But look at Ephesians chapter number 1. Ephesians chapter number 1.
There's times I hear people pray and they say, God, please bless us. God, please bless us. God, please bless us. And we want the blessings of God. Look what the Apostle Paul writes under the inspiration of the Scripture to the church at Ephesus. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So, how do we have blessing? Where do we get blessing from? From Him. So He's the way to have blessings in your life. You want to have blessings in your life? Guess what? You've got to be walking with Him. The one who blesses us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ. You understand this, that if you're not walking in Christ, you're not going to experience the blessings of God. See, God doesn't throw His blessings out. He pours His blessings out upon us. You say, what's that mean? That means that if you're not walking close enough to receive it, when he dumps it out, you're not gonna, it's not going to fall on you. He's not going to say, oh, you're way over there. Here, let me try to bless you way over there. No, you've got to be with him, with Christ, if you're going to get the blessings that he has in store for you. When he says give and it shall be given, that means we're giving with expectations of return, right? No, we're giving because he loveth a cheerful giver. We're giving because we love him. I say this oftentimes, we always fuss about when the preacher talks about giving. Man, all they ever talk about is money and giving. Listen, money wouldn't matter to you if God had you. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? What I mean is if God has all of you, He'll have everything that's attached to you. Everything that comes. Your car will be God's car. Your house will be God's house. Your job will be God's job that He gave to you. Your breath will be God's breath that He gives to you. All these blessings that we receive, this Thanksgiving time we got to think about, and even on that Tuesday night service we had, we got to think about uh, all the blessings that God has given and the, the, the good times that we can rejoice in who God is and what we ought to be thankful for. But understand this, the only reason we have thanks of anything is because of Christ. Because of Him. Let's not take for granted the air that we breathe. Let's not take for for granted the health that we have. Let's not take for granted the blessings that we have in America. You understand in America we are a blessed nation. We are a blessed nation. The poorest in America are rich across this world. We are blessed people. I don't think there's anybody in this room that unless you chose not to eat, couldn't eat. Why? We're a blessed people. I'm sure that everybody here today came by some mode of transportation other than your feet, right? Except for Brother Nick and myself, okay, because we live right there. So we came across on our feet. But we didn't have to because God blessed us with vehicles, right? We have clothes on our back and shoes on our feet. And most of us are going to leave here today and we're going to go and we're going to eat a meal this afternoon. And uh, we're going to have a bed to sleep in and take a nap, right? All, all godly people on Sunday afternoon take naps, right? Praise the Lord for that. Um, that's, that's opinion, not Bible, okay? A lot of them take naps in church, praise the Lord. <laughs> but you know what? We have blessings. We get to go and we get to eat. We get to fellowship. We get to have all this time. God has been good to us. The blessings of God. But why can we rejoice? Why can we find happiness? Why can we have peace? Why can we have all of these things? Because of the blessings of God. And the blessings of God are because of Christ. Because of Christ. Listen, Jesus is the way. 
as we leave here today, let's not think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think and understand we are nothing without God. We're nothing without Him. You say, but you're the pastor of the church. I'm nobody without God. I don't care if you're a CEO of a company, you're nobody without God. It doesn't matter where you come from, what walk of life you have, you're nobody without God. We're sinners deserving of hell. But by the grace of Almighty God and His love wherewith He loved us, we can have an eternal destination in heaven, not an eternal damnation in hell forever. Praise God for that. You know what? Nobody has to die and go to hell. You say, you really believe in this hell? Absolutely I do. Why? Because God's Word says it. Listen, it's not what Hollywood has made it out to be. It's not a place where you're going to go party with your friends. It's not a place where you're going to just, oh, get to live it up for the rest of your life. No. The Bible says it's a place of torment. You know why it's so tormenting? And it's not just because of the fire. It's because of the absence of God. That's why it's torment. Think about that. No way for you to be with God forever. Because you're separated. That's what sin does. But by the grace of God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, us who are deserving of death can be made alive through Jesus Christ. He just told him in John 14, he said, Whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, We know not where thou goest, and how shall we know the way? Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the way. Listen, he's the way to heaven. He's the way to happiness. He's the way to have peace. He's the way to holiness. And he's the way to have blessings. Listen, just trust Jesus. Follow him. Promise you won't regret it. The best decision I ever made in my life was trusting Jesus as my Savior. And the second best was serving him with my life. Getting to know him in a personal way. Why? Because he's above anything above that you could ever imagine if you just get to know who God is. With our heads bowed, eyes closed.